1: And welcome to Awesome Etiquette.
2: Where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty.
1: On today's show, we take your questions on disclosing that you're bilingual, traveling with lingering concerns over COVID-19, friends who lock you into plans, and asking out-of-towners to get a hotel instead of staying with you.
2: For Awesome Etiquette sustaining members, our question is about approaching your landlord without causing a conflict.
1: Plus your most excellent feedback, etiquette salute, and a postscript on going back to the movies.
2: All that's coming up. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of our home offices in Vermont and is proud to be produced by the Emily Post Institute. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning. And because I know that you and I are on probably one of the most ambitious working deadlines we've ever been on, Um, working uh, every night, which is very unusual for us. But our social lives at the same time, even with such work, are back. Yeah, they're like back and filling up. You were telling me about all kinds of stuff on our pre-call today. And you've got a lot more people to be managing and considering than I do. What's it like, like, negotiating Get-togethers and family events and vacation times and housing rentals and things like that again.
1: (laughs) It's tricky. (laughs) There's family politics. There's just schedules. There's a very real desire among just about everybody in both Pooja and Mai's extended families to get together, to see each other and (laughs) – we're into what we call the birthday season around here. Yeah, you it guys have off. July
2: is like a crazy birthday month for y'all. <laughs>
1: Every couple of weeks there's a couple of birthdays. Yeah. And everybody wants to see everybody. And by the time we get all the different family members crisscrossing visits, if we're not careful, it ends up house guest this weekend, house guest next weekend, visit someone the weekend after that, house guest the following weekend, head to the place in Maine for the weekend after that. And that's just too much for me, for me personally, not just post-pandemic. But um, I was going
2: to say, and never mind the fact that you actually work on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's like super, it like adds a whole other layer of complication to, to making that work, you know? Absolutely.
1: Life goes on. Regular life goes on also.
2: Exactly. We've
1: definitely been dealing with the subtleties of those negotiations and It's a theme on this podcast. We often talk about setting boundaries as hosts and talking as guests about everything that it means to host you. We travel with two children and sometimes a dog. Mm -hmm. There are some real etiquette questions that pop up. I won't call them tripwires.
2: Yeah. what, What are some of the ones that have popped up?
1: Big questions, often about... Um, your desire to be together versus whether it's just practical, and how to talk about that, how to yeah. acknowledge that it, it it could just be difficult to make this happen as much as we would love to do it.
2: So I've been finding myself a lot in that particular position lately because you you and I are we really are like pushing every chance we get to to get more and more of this book edited and, and perfected as best we can while also running the rest of Emily Post, and I found that I have. Friends who are, are inviting me to do things and I, I genuinely want to do them and I want to express that to them so that they feel how much I appreciate the invitation. And I also have to very practically and realistically lay out that – you and I sometimes have like um, just hiccups that can make a one editing session or a podcast recording go much longer or get delayed or or just something you know that that throws it off that can so easily eat up into get together play date time. I feel like I'm constantly raising this little white flag of like I, I am surrendering to not knowing what I'm going to be able to commit to right now, like and having to communicate that to people well and. Great Graciously, so that eventually the get-together can happen or you don't make someone feel like they keep asking you to do stuff and you keep saying you can't, you know?
1: I really do. And while for me personally, it's it's a management question that would be true this summer or I hope next summer or the summer after, I do think there is an added it's post-pandemic and there's a lot of sort of social desire that's built up. Yeah. And – in this particular moment, there's a certain courtesy around acknowledging that as we satisfy it and also being realistic about what's possible. You can't make up a year in a summer
2: no you can that is a re- man what a what a great line to end the intro in you can't make up a year in a summer, but you can have a lot of fun along the way <laughs> yes, you
1: can and that's the good etiquette We keep saying yes, we say yes as much as we possibly can because. It is also just so nice.
2: It's funny how much I feel like the magic words can help you here. You know, even if the magic word is something like I'm I'm so sorry, I won't be able to make it, you know, but using those magic words like I'm so grateful for the invitation or we're so glad we could make this happen. You know, there's things like that. OK, that last sentence didn't have a magic word in it, but you get the idea. No, um, the
1: magic of words, not yeah, just magic words.
2: There you go. Way to save me on that, cuz. <laughs>
1: no, I feel it. And as you were talking about. The scenario you found yourself in of of just the imposition of the work Mm -hmm. at times and not feeling like you could say yes to everything, but wanting to say yes to as much as you can. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, ah, the power of your words. If Mm -hmm. they could hear that the way we just heard it here, I think you'd be in pretty good shape.
2: (laughs) Well, Mr. Senning, with so much going on, do you think that we should answer some questions?
1: I think we should. Let's do it. Awesome Etiquette is here to answer your questions. You can email them to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Leave us a voicemail or text at 802 858 Kind. That's 802 858 5463. You can also reach us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Emily Post Inst. On Instagram, we are at Emily Post Institute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette. Just remember, use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette with your post so that we know you want your question on the show.
2: I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H, Dot com slash manners, it's manners with an S, to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Our first question is titled Secretly Speaks Spanish. Hi Lizzie and Dan, I have a recurring etiquette dilemma regarding languages. When I was first learning Spanish, I liked to try out my Spanish when I met native speakers here in the US. I think this was often welcome because of my youthful enthusiasm for the language. Years later, I now work as a Spanish-English interpreter, and I still love Spanish, but my relationship to it is more practical, and I'm no longer in that honeymoon phase. Instead of speaking Spanish to every Spanish speaker I meet, I usually start with English for several reasons, such as, one, it's hard to know who is a native speaker who misses their home country, and who is a heritage speaker who grew up speaking English, with whom it may be more of a faux pas to break out the Spanish. Two, it feels more inclusive to address someone in English, showing respect for the English language skills they have acquired. Addressing someone in Spanish can make it feel like I'm treating them as though they were different or assuming they don't understand English. I also used to teach English as a second language, so I'm conscious of wanting to allow people to practice their English. That brings me to my etiquette question. I have some casual acquaintances in the salsa dance community who don't even know that I speak Spanish. There is one man, for instance, who has a beginner English level. He seemed proud of himself when he gave me driving directions in English one day. So I did not want to tell him that he went to unnecessary effort. And I chose to let him think of me as an English speaker. When we see each other in dance class, we don't talk very much But if there's anything to say, it feels nicer to use English with them. At what point does it become dishonest not to disclose that I speak Spanish? I could picture someone being miffed if they found out after several years of being around each other that I could speak Spanish the whole time. Of course, if I start overhearing something that I shouldn't, I will tell people that I speak Spanish and understand what they are saying. But is it better etiquette to make sure people know what languages I speak all along? Sincerely, secretly multilingual. Secretly
1: multilingual. Thank you for the question from a jealous, mostly singly lingual person.
2: <laughs> I like that you said mostly because you you've you've worked hard to study some of your Hindi.
1: And i'm even a little bit better at french probably than i am at hindi but i can't really claim to be conversational with either of them i can sure hack my way through and i so appreciate people who can speak two languages and who are navigating all the richness that that presents so thank you for the question and also thank you for mapping out how your approach to this has changed over the course of a lifetime yeah i really appreciated hearing that and I think about the youthful enthusiasm that I approach some things with and how it did set me up for success in those things. And I sometimes wonder if I could accomplish the same things in the same ways now. And I think that the reality is I probably couldn't. And I also like the reality of that being paired with the description of why you've decided to approach it the way you've approached it now, why you start with English and why that makes sense to you and your current place in life and with the people that you're interacting with. I also like that you're really thinking about that and the position that it might leave you in if it starts to become awkward or if you feel like you haven't really shared enough of yourself for someone else to feel included in all those different aspects of who you are. I think it's a really smart thing to be thinking about. Big picture, everything that you said makes a lot of sense. So I think you're in a really good position to say something if you start to feel awkward in any way about having not said anything. totally. I am imagining that this particular person that you're describing might be a little surprised and probably delighted to find out that you speak Spanish. And it might be that you continue this relationship In English, for all of the reasons that you've talked about, but that you've added another layer to your understanding about each other and all the different ways that you might communicate. And that can be nothing but a good thing.
2: Absolutely. Dan, that was exactly the thing that I was going to go for is that why not, especially with someone who you, you are seeing on a regular basis. Of course, you don't know how long each of you will be in the salsa class for or salsa group for, but I always think it's, it's better to kind of find the way to let that be known than, than to start having it, um, you know, it feels like there's something missing. Obviously, the other person doesn't, but but create that awkwardness even just for yourself, you know. So my vote would be to to find a way either, you know, at class one day responding to something. Maybe not what this person says to you, but something in Spanish or something, you know, finding a good way to slip it in. And maybe they'd even even say something like Tu hablas Espanol and then you can say, see. Sí. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's that surprise moment of like, wait a second, do you speak Spanish? And you're like, yes, I do.
1: I think it's really wise or smart or fun to allow for there to be some delight in that surprise. That any awkwardness that you might feel, as you point out, Lizzie probably isn't being felt by other people. So if you don't introduce it as part of the reveal, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape in terms of how it's received.
2: Absolutely.
1: Secretly multilingual Your secret is safe with us, but I certainly hope that you feel comfortable sharing it with this particular person.
0: Therefore, to our Latin American friends, we say in your words, Gracias amigos, that's thanks a million we won't forget.
1: Our next question is called Let's Talk Travel. Dear Lizzie and Dan, I'm hoping you can help me with a social and travel-related question. Is this really happening? With a wavy smiley face emoji. (laughs) Later this summer, I am planning on traveling with my husband and my two small children to the Midwest to visit my family. (laughs) Woo-hoo. We haven't been back in quite some time, and a lot of life has happened since my last visit. Six babies have been born since the start of the pandemic, including my own six-month-old baby boy. So there is a lot to celebrate. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. I found out earlier today that one of my cousins is currently battling COVID. It was, of course, saddening to hear this news, and I was also surprised since I was under the impression that she had been vaccinated. I have come to the realization that perhaps I have made some assumptions around vaccinations that are perhaps not true for various family members. I am hoping you can help me move forward as I plan to broach this subject before my visit. I am planning on sending a big group family text message. These are common in our family a couple of weeks before our trip, saying something along these lines. Hey everyone, we are so excited to be home for a visit here in a couple of weeks, and we can't wait to see you. We have missed you all so very much. We wanted to reach out and let you know that husband's name and I have both been vaccinated, but of course the kids have not. We are comfortable spending time indoors with vaccinated adults and their kids, but would like to remain outdoors with those who have not been vaccinated. Husband, preschool daughter, and myself will all wear masks when traveling via airplane and in airports. If gathering right now doesn't feel like the right choice for you, we want you to know we completely understand and respect that decision. Please reach out in a private message if you would like to chat more about this topic. See you in a couple of weeks. Okay, so do you feel like this type of message is appropriate? Is there anything about the content or medium that you would advise against? I would love your guidance. Thank you for all that you do. Your conversations every week are so precious to me. West Coast Mama.
2: West Coast Mama, A plus, A plus sample script here. I Like minimal edits in my own head. I mean, I'm talking things like I might say, if you want to chat more about this instead of this topic, you know what I mean? But like, that's what I mean when I say minimal edits. It's because we're in the editing zone on this book. (laughs) I think that what I love about this, Dan, is that West Coast Mama states how her family is going to work with this and what 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 their situation is and how how they're going to sort of behave, frankly, uh, how they're going to handle the situation. One of the only and and I don't know whether you'd be comfortable with this or not. One of the only edits I could think of was the idea about um, or will be wearing masks inside with unvaccinated people. I don't know if that's something you're doing. I know here in Vermont that around unvaccinated people, a lot of parents are choosing to still wear masks in indoors. That way they can have the interaction indoors. But like you've still got the mask on and you're still practicing some social distancing inside. It can make these types of gatherings where you've got a lot of family and a lot of people and it, it might – I could see a moment, Dan. I could see a moment where it's hard to be outside maybe. It starts raining or something like that and either making a decision that, that your family's going to have to leave if that's the case or that the masks on inside would be comfortable is just something to consider. I don't necessarily think it's something you have to add to this. I really do think that that West Coast Mama's sample script is, like, pretty much good to go as is. Yeah?
1: I agree. I think the script is really solid. My only thought as I was reading it was about the medium, which West Coast Mama also asks about. What do you think? I was thinking to myself, big picture, I think discussions around mask wearing, planning these visits, there are enough subtleties, like the one that you just brought up, for example, That might complicate or make a text that's already a long text even longer and maybe harder for people to understand, Mm -hmm. that some of those subtleties, the reality of them makes me want to allow for more communication. Mm -hmm. So I would be thinking about either the follow-up phone call or the particular members of the family who might – not be as good at reading a text all the way through and really parsing all of the the particular parts if I was wanting to be sure that people understood. Mm-hmm. And I also really respect and appreciate the inclusion of the fact that this is a very common yeah. way for this family to communicate. And it might be an too. absolutely perfect way. In fact, it might be the perfect way for this family to get the conversation going, mm-hmm. to get those basic parameters on the table so that everybody can understand them and respond and react to them in whatever ways they're going to, but it's a great way to get that ball rolling.
2: You know me, I'm a big fan of the written communication because it gives people that space to absorb and react. And sometimes a phone conversation, it feels like, you just go one or two ways. You either like hit the defensive hard or you're trying to absorb something and say, yes, so that sounds fine when maybe you might have missed a couple of things in there. And so I actually really like the idea of communicating this in a written format. And like you, if this is the the way your family communicates in a, a longer text message like this would be received well. I think that that's okay. You know what I mean? That that's really, really okay. And I love the call out of please reach out in a private message or if you'd like to chat more about this because it invites that further conversation. If someone is confused or uncertain.
1: Or disagrees.
2: there That's another thing. Or disagrees. But I think that this really lays out how you are going to be behaving. It puts an emphasis on – uh, the excitement you have for the trip that's coming up and getting ready to see everybody. And I don't get a heavy sense of any kind of judgment from it. Cause I feel like it's, yeah. Like I just feel like you're like West coast mama. I feel like you're just telling me us, the audience, your family who exactly what your MO is going to be. And it feels really comfortable reading it.
1: West coast mama. We really appreciate your sending in this question, sharing those thoughts and, To the extent that we've added anything, we hope that our answer helps. We also hope that the trip goes really well this summer and that you get to enjoy some great time with your family.
2: Woohoo for travel.
0: Our progress in the freedom of movement from place to place. New things to do and new ways to do them. Automobiles, aircraft, all are symbols of better living. New places to go and new means of getting there.
2: Our next question is titled, A Pickle with Plans. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. I love your show. I have a question about how to not be a flaky friend, but still keep some flexibility in my free time. During the pandemic, I became closer to a friend in my bubble, She and her husband were just about the only people I felt safe seeing occasionally in person. Now that things are opening back up, though, I would like to spend my weekends with other friends or family. However, this friend keeps locking me into plans. I sometimes babysit on Saturday nights, and this friend will usually text a week or more in advance to see if I have to babysit the following Saturday. And if the answer is no, she will then assume we are hanging out by default. She will often even check in a couple times during the week to make sure we are still on. It makes me feel trapped. If other friends or family invite me to do something, I often have to decline even though I would love to see them because I am committed already to the friend who asked me first. Though I am in my 30s, I have been tempted to revert to a flaky teenager tactic and claim something came up in order to get together with a different group of friends instead, or even just stay home on my couch. I don't want to be a flaky friend or hurt their feelings. I do value this friendship. I just don't want to be locked into plans every free weekend I have. Even if I manage to say no or maybe, she will text several times during the week to see if anything has changed. I don't seem to have this problem with any other people. It's the way this particular friend phrases the question that somehow makes me feel cornered. Do you have sample language or guidelines for how to nicely say, I don't want to be locked into plans with you? Is it better to ask people if they want to do something before asking if they are free and extracting a commitment? Or am I overthinking this way too much? Anonymous.
1: Oh, anonymous. I don't think you're overthinking this too much at all. Although I hope that we can offer you some comfort and maybe a way to think about it that will be helpful. I think it's actually really smart to think about how you both modify the way that you interact with someone, but also to think about the way you communicate with someone. And I want to give some broad advice that it's absolutely okay to say no. And it's okay to say no for any of the reasons that you mentioned in this question. It's okay to say no because you want to do something with family or someone else. It's okay to say no because you want to leave that time open to see what else develops. And it's okay to say no because you just want to keep that time open as time that you can count on as time for you. (laughs) And you can say all of those things to someone. You can say, no, I don't have any plans this Friday. I'm really looking forward to keeping it that way. And that can be enough just to let someone know. And if you do it with a smile on your face and enthusiasm for the the prospect of a free Saturday afternoon just to yourself, that is a – a perfectly reasonable way to respond to that query.
2: Absolutely. I, I second every point in there. It is absolutely one of the tools that we can use in our social toolbox, right? Like our etiquette toolbox as a way to carve out time for ourselves. I also think it's important to recognize that we. Go through different – I don't know if you'd call them stages, Dan, in our social lives, but we definitely go through different times when we are more open to flexibility, spontaneity. We need that kind of – again, to use the word flexibility in our lives – and other times where that more regimented committing way early in advance feels really good, feels really secure – and I think it's really reasonable to have those situations change. I know that that three months ago, I certainly wasn't telling my friends all of the, hey, guys, I really want to see you. Thank you so much for the invite. I may or may not be able to come. If that doesn't work for you, I totally understand. But if I could, I'd love to, you know, give you a call an hour beforehand. I mean, oh, it sounds awful when I say it in my head. But because I've been able to communicate to my friends, where I'm at in terms of making social plans and how I'm able to accommodate that into my life. It's something that they can then work with. Obviously, we add the polite layer to it. So it's not just like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. You know what I mean? But I am a little curious about what you would do, Dan, when it comes to the repeated requests. I tend to take the road of I'm confident. Saying no or repeating the same message in a in a friendly way over and over, but I know some sometimes that can get trying for people.
1: It really can, and I also think it's the control that you have. Yeah, it's and the it's thing. The, to do. the best possible answer. You say no, and if you have to say no again, you say no again. And when she calls and says, "Hey, I'm wondering if anything's changed." No, still really looking forward to that Saturday <laughs> afternoon to myself, and without the cheeky tone that I yeah, just lent totally,
2: it totally, totally.
1: <laughs> but you stay consistent with that, and. Sometimes that's also the way someone needs to be communicated with. They need to hear something a couple of times before it really registers. And that might be a communication style learning that happens in this friendship so that it can continue. And I think for that to really happen, for that to be true, it's important that you don't feel trapped or pressured in this relationship. Uh, yeah. And changing that communication style as conditions and situations change, I think is going to be really important. And no one wants to feel pitied, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think that's what's going on here or, or that they're hung out with because someone feels pressured to do that. Mm -hmm. That's just not good ground for that friendship to grow on. Mm -hmm. So I think being honest with yourself about that feeling and working to change it is, is good for everybody here.
2: As a final thought, Dan, what do you think about the idea of addressing the sort of change in, in social structure? Th- these have been people that you had been only hanging out with, you know, where they like this person was your one one person you would really extend to or or one couple you would really extend to during the pandemic. And now you're really wanting to branch out, be with other people, take time for yourself, Do you think that that in the communication of like things are changing that you would address that or would you just leave it leave it out of it?
1: I think that's a great question. And it probably really depends on the nature of that conversation. Mm -hmm. If it sounds like a reason or an excuse for creating distance or pushing someone away, it might not be received so well. Mm -hmm. But if it's coming up quite naturally and it's Explaining something that people feel good about and understand, I think it could go a long way to helping someone understand why there maybe is a little more space in the relationship or just being explicit about the fact or the reality that conditions are changing. So the nature of your relationship, the consistency with which you were able to spend time together is also changing. As long as that feels like a natural conversation to someone and like it's not being offered as an excuse or a reason for pushing them away, it would be helpful for me to hear something like that. If I was wondering if there were questions in my mind about why this person who I used to just call and pop over is now telling me that they want time to themselves.
2: Dan, I am so glad you bring that up because I wanted to let you know that no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anonymous, we certainly hope that our advice helps you tackle this friendship problem and that you get a great balance between time with yourself, time doing all the things that you love, and time with this friend.
0: Yes, the people around here are learning some of the basic rules for staying in good mental health. First rule is, don't bottle up your emotions like love, fear, anger. Express them naturally. Of course, Emotions like anger have to be expressed with consideration for others. Above all, don't carry a grudge. Get it off your chest, which will make our world a better place to live in.
1: Our next question is about kids and coronavirus. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. I have some people coming into town later this month, and while I am excited to see them, I am concerned about my three-year-old son. Everyone in the family who is old enough has been vaccinated, including the visitors, but I'm still trying to put my son at as little risk as possible. What is a polite way to let them know we would prefer they stay at a hotel and not with us to minimize the exposure to germs they might pick up on the plane? Thanks, Jennifer.
2: Jennifer, thanks so much for the question. As you can tell, Post pandemic life is on the brain for, for all of us. It's this big question of how are we managing vaccinated versus unvaccinated, getting together, even if you are vaccinated, kids, uh, who can't yet be vaccinated and travel and, and whether that, you know, is exposing you more. There's a lot of things that people are trying to balance right now. And I think that, as always, we tend to lean into communication as a really, really good tool. And having the conversation is better than not having the conversation. Having the conversation politely is the goal. Um, for me, because when I hear this one, I think I, it, it goes with that – ask or whomever's doing the asking, whether it's your visitors who are saying, hey, we're going to be in town. Could Mm -hmm. we get together with you? Or whether it's you inviting people to come stay and saying, we aren't yet ready to have visitors stay at our house as house guests, but I can definitely make recommendations for great, you know, hotels, Airbnbs, bed and breakfasts in the area. I think that 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 to me is the polite language I would use. If it had already been agreed that we were getting together and I then had to transition and bring up that we aren't hosting people at our house specifically, I would mm-hmm. say something like I, I should let you know we aren't ready to have house guests, but we are ready to entertain and, and spend time if, you, if there's an outdoors to your home outdoors, you know, those types of things and, and kind of set the boundaries for how you are willing to engage
1: Lizzie post, I agree a thousand percent. <laughs> okay. As I was reading this question, I was wondering at what point in this process are we? And yeah. the the reason I was wondering that is the the nature of the sample script or the way that I would talk to someone about it would change a little bit depending on how far into the process we were. Mm-hmm. If we were well into the process where the assumption that someone was going to be staying with me was pretty firmly established in a reasonable way. Mm-hmm.
2: Like you hear them say something to you like, great, what rooms will we be in? And you're like going, "Ooh, record scratch. I didn't think you'd be in the rooms.
1: <laughs> yes. Or if my thinking is changing as I start to really think that practically this means they're going to have to be traveling. And I hadn't really thought about that when I thought about how fun it would be to see them. And I'm going to change something that was sort of an implicit understanding between us that somebody would stay with me as that thought develops in my mind about that it might not be safe yeah then i think the way you broach that subject is one they have to take a lot more care with and you have to offer a lot more explanation you have to really talk about how that thought developed in your mind and why you feel the way you do about it out of respect for them
2: i think i would probably even be adding like an apology to that like i'm so sorry i i realized as we were making plans and as we got farther down the line Either just how uncomfortable I was starting to get or something like – and and I don't want to make people apologize for feeling uncomfortable. But I think the idea is that you're apologizing for not having realized ahead of time that you might not be able to accommodate someone in your home the way you had first thought you could um, because I really just – a A plus etiquette thoughts here – for the reality that this stuff doesn't all happen in the order you think it should or that we often say it should in our books, right? And that manipulating your sample script or your, you know, how you're going to approach that conversation is the polite thing to do to help recognize that that has been sort of a hiccup in the planning process that you've created.
1: And even if it is something you've created, if it's something that's emerged, discovered or it just happened. acknowledging that i I do think is really reasonable and it's a, a, a like you say it's a really important part of the how you deliver that well
2: jennifer thank you so much for this question we certainly hope that our answer helps and that you all are able to have a fantastic visit with one another Thank you for your questions. Please send us updates or feedback on our answers to etiquette at emilypost.com. You can leave a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. Or reach us on social media. On Twitter, we are at emilypostinst. On Instagram, we are at Emily post Institute. And on Facebook, we're awesome Etiquette. Just remember to use the hashtag awesomeetiquette with your social media post so that we know you want your question on the show.
1: If you love Awesome Etiquette, consider becoming a sustaining member. You can learn more about this by visiting us at patreon.com slash awesome etiquette. You'll get an ads-free version of the show and access to bonus questions and content. Plus, you'll feel great knowing that you help to keep Awesome Etiquette on the air. And to those of you who are already sustaining members, thank you so much for your support.
2: It's time for our feedback segment where we hear from you about the questions we answer and the topics we cover. And today we have a voicemail from Kathy about a question last week titled Kirsten, not Kirsten.
0: Hi, Lizzie and Dan. My name is Kathy. But I just wanted to give follow up on the question that your reader just posted about mispronouncing your name and how to remind people who have... uh, Known you for a long time to um, pronounce it correctly. And I just wanted to offer that something. I, unfortunately, I'm the person who has done this to others. And the thing that really helps me is attaching some kind of mnemonic or memory aid to it. So in your example, perhaps when she says Kirsten, she could say it's Kirsten with a soft I sound um, or with a soft I. And that would make it easier to um, have the proper pronunciation stick in my head. I had another example. A friend a long time ago um, wanted to clarify the spelling of his name, and he said, you know, it's this with five letters, and I still remember that every time I go to write his name on a card so that I get it correct. So perhaps that will help some other users and uh, soften this, um, what I'm sure is a really troublesome experience when it happens over and over and it's people that are close to you. So thanks so much for putting on a great show. It's been wonderful to listen to most of the years. And uh, just really enjoy listening to it on my way home at the end of the day. All right. Have a great day. Kathy,
1: thank you so much for the feedback. I love getting to hear our listener voices. And also, thank you for the great advice, those little mnemonic tricks, those little memory tricks for remembering things that so easily slip our mind are really important. Thank you for the advice.
2: And thank you for sending us your thoughts and updates please keep them coming you can send your feedback or update to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com or leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND that's 802-858-5463 It's time for our Postscript segment where we dive deeper into a topic of etiquette, and today we are talking about such an American pastime. We are going back to the movies, because the inspiration for this Postscript came because I was actually thinking about you and your good friend Dan, as well as, as you and Pooja, because... You used to very regularly go to the movies uh first. I with love your, the movies. Yes. I no, love the movies so much. You I love really going do. to the movies. And like there's a lot of tales about your life, probably I would say about like six or seven years ago now that for me I remember being like dance headed to the movies with Dan. Dan headed to the movies with Dan and Pooja. dance headed to the movies with Pooja and her family. And it's such a great tradition to go do. Seeing something up on the big screen is so incredibly fantastic. I'm a big fan of movie theater popcorn, but it reminded me of this thing that we just, I mean, I know we all recognize we haven't been going to the movies this year, but like that we really haven't done and that you in your life really haven't done. So I've got to ask, are you guys looking to get back to the movies and do you remember the etiquette of how to do it?
1: (laughs) As soon as humanly possible. And yes, 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 (laughs) yes, yes. yes. Good. (laughs) The the movie theater is one of the last great public spaces in american life a lot of people are familiar with the 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 concept of bowling alone and the idea that the the civic centers and community centers in american life are something that people are struggling to maintain and movie theaters as places where we share time and space with strangers and where we react and relate and respond to the same things, the same big images, the same stories, the same archetypes is to me, it's it's so important and it's so satisfying to participate in. And I missed it when it was gone and I can't wait to be back in it.
2: And movies have that particular difference from like sporting events where you're encouraged to shout and be loud where you have to be quiet and it's dark and and we could say that about you know like theaters and and a lot of different types of live performances but yes it's it is a it's a different space than being like public and in bright lights and where even just talking would be okay so they they really do have their own special etiquette i feel like
1: and you're right it's not a live performance but there are some theater manners some totally basic expectations that allow that public space to work and i am not um uh too titchy about it you talk about the quiet and yeah. Obviously, a movie like A Quiet Place, part of the way it functions is the silence and the anticipation that builds in the theater with the everyone quiet.
2: around you.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget the experience of seeing There's Something About Mary for the first time yeah. at a theater that was absolutely packed and just the laughter that rolled through that theater <laughs> for two hours and sharing that experience of just laughing so hard with so many with people. so many was, people. Yeah, totally. It was incredible. I, it was one of my favorite experiences. <laughs> so silly thank you ben stiller so it's not that there's a particular it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way but there is some sense of of identifying and conforming to the expectations of the people that you're there to see the movie with and to enjoy
2: of good movie movie theater behavior so what are some of our our best tips for our best behavior at the movie theater
1: the first one sounds almost quaint at this point but believe it or not (laughs) 12 years ago when I was writing an early digital manners book, this was a hot topic and it was just turn your cell phone off. Remember to silence it at Mm -hmm. a movie. The elaboration on that point was that the texting substitution isn't okay. The glowing screen is distracting for people in much the same way. Hearing half a conversation can be. Mm -hmm. So emphasizing the silencing of phones, the turning off of phones and also thinking about the way the, whole idea of an etiquette a little sign that told you to behave mm-hmm. had developed to the point where on the screen before a movie you would get little etiquettes little tips quiet please silence phones
2: you do you get behavior your trash tips.
1: in the trash receptacle when the movie's over another etiquette point we're going to talk about in a second um, but the, the the current example of etiquettes in our world are, are those little signs that we see before movies
2: Because you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the idea that movie theaters aren't only silence, right? You're allowed to laugh when it's funny. You're allowed to gasp when it's shocking. You might even scream if it's scary.
1: Cheer, Uh, applaud. Cheer, applaud
2: at the end. But for the most part, when it's general conversation going on on screen, we keep our conversation to ourselves and maybe a quiet whisper or something. But this isn't the time to like, elaborate with great thought to the date who's next to you or something like that this is really a time to enjoy what's happening up on the screen
1: thank you for making that point more clearly than i did there is a (laughs) general expectation of quiet yeah that that allows you to intelligently break those rules with laughter, crying applause, and not be that obnoxious person in the theater who's distracting everyone else.
2: You know, because there's also noises that don't necessarily come from our mouths, right? But it's the food wrappers, the the candy that we're eating or diving into, or a a slurp of a soda, you know, at the bottom when you're trying to get everything out. And those are noises you want to be really, really aware of, too. Try and pick things that are going to be quiet. Try not to get that last tiny droplet. Uh, from the drink that you've got.
1: I used to have a theater instructor that would act out someone opening a hard candy wrapped in cellophane <laughs> as slowly as humanly possible <laughs> at the quietest possible moment I in bet you show. could hear it. <laughs> oh, it was phenomenal and so agonizing. Um, and everyone appreciates that moment where, you know, someone munching on popcorn, in one circumstance, it's just sort of... Nothing. It's delightful. They're just crunching away. Totally. And then another moment, you're sitting one row back, and all you can think is, crinkle, is this ever going to stop? Crinkle, 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 crinkle,
2: crinkle, crinkle, crinkle.
1: Another thing that comes with that food, and this is really a, a, as much a courtesy to the establishment and the people that work there as it is to your fellow theater goers, although it's a courtesy to them as well. Um, making a little bit of an effort to clean up after yourself is a really important part of enjoying that food in a public place i won't belabor the point
2: because this next point i gotta say i have never experienced this in a movie theater but you've either heard about it or experienced it and that's laser pointers do people really get obnoxious with laser pointers
1: yes What and To me, this goes beyond rudeness. It steps outside of etiquette, becomes a safety issue. And obviously our advice isn't for anyone listening to this show to not bring laser pointers and be the obnoxious person who points at the screen. The advice is if there is someone who's behaving so badly that what they're doing is a disruption, that – the etiquette advice the smart thing to do is to find an usher find someone who works at the theater someone who has the authority or the standing to deal with something like that and you let them handle it so Mm -hmm. if there is something that's really distracting from the show that's a problem rather than try to handle it yourself or confront somebody about it there are people who have the standing to do it and i would encourage you to lean on them and let them do that
2: Because even with all the don'ts in this list, I am so excited for the next big blockbuster. I don't even know what it's going to be. I don't even know what's on the horizon. I'm hoping it's something with a superhero or action or I don't even know what I want. I just want to be in an air conditioned dark room with a whole bunch of strangers watching such a great film.
1: Because can I get you anything while I run to the concession?
2: Oh, oh, definitely some raisinettes,
1: Twizzlers, popcorn, raisinettes.
2: Get them all. (laughs) Bible lot, <laughs> We're celebrating the return to the movie theater.
1: I hope I see you there.
2: Those are some of the important ways we help keep our room quiet. Thank you, children.
0: Now let's get back to work.
1: We like to end our show on a high note, so we turn to you to hear about the good etiquette you're seeing and experiencing, and that can come in so many forms. Today we have a salute from Julie. Dear Awesome Etiquette team, thank you so much for a great podcast. I look forward to my email every Monday from Patreon announcing the release of this week's episode. I would like to give an etiquette salute to the team at isasalazar.com. Oh. Lizzie Post, can you remind all our visitors what that is?
2: So Issa Salazar is a, is a card producer who we worked with to do the Emily Post Garden Collection. This is actually a very exciting little salute. Yay. (laughs) At least for our business as well.
1: (laughs) The salute continues. I recently purchased two boxed sets of note cards from the Emily Post Garden collection. Not only are the cards gorgeous, beautiful designs on high quality paper that make writing a joy, but the shipping process was incredibly fast and my order came with a few unexpected freebies and a handwritten message on the invoice. Clearly, Issa Salazar is a great fit for the creation of Emily Post products as they treat their customers with consideration, respect, and honesty. Well done. Warm regards, Julie S.
2: Oh, Julie, thank you so much. We it, This is like... I I I love this salute because it was the same feeling I got from Issa when we met at the trade show and I remember telling you this, Dan. I was like I remember
1: clearly. She has
2: the vibe, like she's thoughtful and considerate and and kind, like it was, it was just, she's all the things. Um, but this is, it's Julie. I'm so glad this was your experience with Issa. It's certainly been our experience with her. I'm very glad that you're enjoying the, the garden collection set that you got. But more importantly, I'm just so glad that that feeling came through uh the the business partner that we were working with on this collection that was just it really is it it is her it is her nature it's who she is at heart included with this was a very cute little picture of the thank you with this signature and it's just it's it's really really lovely
1: thank you so much for this salute julie and thank you isa for being you
2: And, of course, thank you for listening.
1: And thank you to everyone who sent us something and everyone who supports us on Patreon.
2: Please connect with us and share the show with your friends, family, and coworkers, and on social media if you like to.
1: You can send us your next question, feedback, or salute by email to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. On Twitter, we are at emilypostinst. On Instagram, we are at emilypostinstitute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette and the Emily Post Institute.
2: Please consider becoming a sustaining member by visiting us at patreon.com slash awesomeetiquette. You can also subscribe to the ads version of our show on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. And please consider leaving us a review. It helps our show ranking, which helps more people find awesome etiquette, which is awesome.
1: Our show is edited by Chris Albertine and assistant produced by Bridget Dowd.
2: Thanks, Thanks, Chris Chris and and Bridget.